Call Center Podcast, episode 43. Myself, Liam, aka ACG Lee, or Lee from the Metaverse Jacuzzi, aka <laughs> the Broke Baller, broke in real life, balling in the Metaverse. Yes. And I've got the Call of Duty crime victim with me. He's selling life coaching packages in the metaverse. Yes. He has a first name and a last name. The man, the myth, Kai Gallagher. What's going on, bro? What's going on, ACG Lee, my guy? I'm happy to be here. I've got my VR goggles on, bruv. I've got no legs, bruv. I'm in my metaverse jacuzzi as well, man. I'm out here chilling, bruv. Splash. <laughs> floating like those rape suspects <laughs> speaking of the metaverse um and last week's episode in general um i've been thinking a lot um about the reason that we actually desire sort of like entries into these new realms mm. and new things in general and i think the uh, the main thing is probably because we're all addicts in some way shape or form uh, we're always craving like new highs, sort of like new experiences as well. And it's something that I didn't really sort of like touch on last week. Um, I guess we can kind of get straight into it like, and talking about sort of addicts in general and being addicted to stuff. Um, I mean, do you have any sort of experiences of dealing with addictive personalities? Yeah, definitely, man. I'm an addict. I think we all are addicts, bruv. Straight We've in. all got addictions. I've yes. had a multitude of addictions um, and I think we all have, we're all victim to addiction, mm-hmm. uh, whether we like to admit it or not. And I think mm-hmm. the, the thing is, is that most of us don't realize that we're addicts. I think that's the thing. Facts. I didn't realize I was an addict for, for ye- after years of being an addict. It's only retrospectively. I look back and think, fucking hell, mate. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's a multitude of different areas and different things that you can get addicted to. And I always try and think to myself, okay, why is it that we get addicted? Um, but classically, like you'll think of, ad- when you hear the word addicts, mm-hmm. you think of like real extreme cases in yeah. probably only a few different areas, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you think of like a drug addict. Mm-hmm hooked on maybe heroin crack something like that yeah something along those lines could be crystal meth shout out to my guy heisenberg it could be anything like that yeah (laughs) it could be um a raging like alcoholic Mm -hmm. it could be and when you think of these things the imagery is like you know like a man on a wooden bench in a park yeah rough homeless yeah like with a brown paper bag and a bottle of strongbow in it yeah or he's just like or some strung out crackhead Mm -hmm. like emaciated 
mm-hmm. just asking you for something. Mm-hmm. You think of like certain extremes, but I don't think that that when I think of addict now, I don't. I, that's not what I see, and I think there's a lot of different areas that people are addicted to. Um, and I've I've kind of delved into myself, um, which we'll get into, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just just to start it off, I think being an addict isn't you don't see them blend in because we're all we're all addicts yeah facts facts yeah i i to answer my own question as well like i've definitely had experience dealing with addictive personalities throughout and like you said it's like a wide ranging spectrum of of things that you can be addicted to um and i myself am an addict um of certain things um which again i'm sure we will get into but I think some of the top addictive sort of like things that you were saying in terms of like drugs and drink and stuff like that, I've kind of experienced that, not myself, obviously, but like I've experienced that in my life like with others and seen it in people growing up and stuff. And it's interesting because as you kind of mentioned, we look down upon those kind of people as like the bottom of society. And it's like, because we kind of make certain addictive things bad yeah. So that would be deemed as negative. Somebody like the drugs, the drink, um, even things like even sex addiction and stuff. We kind of look at it from like a negative standpoint. Yeah. Something that can't be controlled. Something that someone can't get over. It's a stain on someone's like personality for the rest of their lives as well. Even if they go through re- rehabilitation, they get better and they become something better, so to speak. Um, and they kick the addiction they would always be sort of like marked as like that person that was once addicted to crack or heroin. Yeah, they're tainted. They're tainted. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to be a crackhead, bruv. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you could turn your life around. You could be doing great things. Yeah, but you yeah. was a crackhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And even like growing up, like some of my like classmates or even like friends' parents would be like on drugs, yeah. crackheads or um, alcohol addiction or whatever. Yeah, and that'll be used against them in like quote unquote cussing matches, or when you're exactly. trying to bully someone or whatever, um, you'll look down upon that particular child who could be extremely gifted, but because they come from a, because our society tells us that those kind of addictions are bad, yeah. In terms of the social hierarchy, you instantly kind of get put to the bottom because your mom or your uncle or your like gran is a drug addict or whatever. Um, but then it's funny as well because like some of the best life lessons you can learn from a lot of these people, either by viewing them and like looking at them and sort of like observing how they how they operate, whether it's the way in which you look at it and like I don't ever want to turn out this way, or if you're really, really observant, you can sort of like see the gift in a lot of these people. It just so happens that they were put into sort of like a society or a world where drugs at that particular time or alcohol at that particular time was rife yeah and their personalities got addicted to it more than like their counterparts who were able to sort of like recover from any form of addiction and you're left with a crackhead who is extremely gifted might have a talent might be really smart yeah Um, and there's been times where if you ever have a conversation a full-blown conversation with somebody who is addicted to these kind of things you do actually learn a lot about life lessons and learn a lot about regret learn a lot about like 
even like self, I don't know, self-reflection and like strength of self as well. Um, and how to sort of like better the situation that you're sort of in. And they always will tell you as well, especially when sober, like don't do what I, what I did essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely think that um, we're all kind of addicts and I definitely would like to speak about sort of like the addictions that we potentially have or whatever. Um, yeah. and something w- worth getting into but yeah, yeah have you had any sort of like one could you sort of like think of a time maybe not specifically but think of a time where you've sort of like had a one-on-one um sort of like interaction or been around people that have like addictive personalities um i mean it was like uh, a while ago like i was talking to this guy and i don't know him like that He's just a guy around my area and I see him all the time. And like a couple of times I've given him money. And I remember this specific time where I was like, I was going, I was going to the kebab shop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a whole nother addiction, bro. Yeah. But I was going to the kebab shop and I needed to get um, money out. Uh, Cause they only take cash in it mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then <laughs> I was taking cash out and then he was local. And then I thought, ah, oh. so I took a little bit extra out and then I spoke to him and I was like, you're right, mate. Yeah. And then, um, I spoke to him and I gave it, he was asking for money. I gave him the cash mm-hmm. and I gave him a tenner. Yeah. And then he, he, he said, oh, you got any more? Sorry. You got any more? And I was thinking, fuck, you know, you're taking a piss, aren't you? <laughs> and like, the funny thing is like, an, like we'd exchanged names before in it. Okay. And he didn't remember my name. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck, you know, like, it's like, I'm giving this man money, mm-hmm. but he probably, I, I don't know if this guy even really, if, if it's going to a good place in it, like, if, yeah. am I just feeding his addiction? Mm-hmm. Am I making the situation worse? I don't know. But then at the same time, I kind of think like maybe in my head that it, it, there could be a turning point. Do you know what I mean? I always think there's a turning point and I don't think like that's necessarily a story to just be, you know, just some strung out like crackhead basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I was like digging in my coat and I had like an extra two pounds. So I gave him 12 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we had a quick chat, but like, again, the next time I saw him, he didn't know who I was, bruv. So it was just like, there's that thing of like, you know, you want to help people, but sometimes they want to have to be in a position where they, they, they need to really be in a position to help themselves as well. Yeah. Um, and there's a difference between someone being completely helpless um, with nothing, um, nothing to live for. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you can't help, but want to try and help those people. Cause I, I just, I think sometimes when you feel like you've got nothing, you think, well, what's the point in like coming back from the addiction? Like it consumes their life in it. Yeah. Um, and I've seen it in other scenarios with like people being addicted to certain things, parents and stuff like that being around. And when you're a kid, you don't really, I think you don't really take it in. You don't really, you just see them as, oh, that's what's his face as mom or that's mm-hmm. bloody blah's auntie or whoever it is. It's only when you get older, you look back and you think, fucking hell, like I had no idea. Um, Cause a lot of, addicts they okay some of them are all over the place and you can spot them a mile off but a lot of them are functioning yeah 
Exactly. That's, that's, that's the key as well. A lot of yeah. them are functioning and they blend into society. You'd never know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's another thing as well. Like, there's even like a ranking of like substance. Yeah. As well, because. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are people in like the corporate world and like colleagues that I've worked with that have been addicted to substances, class A, class A drugs, um, yeah. alcohol and stuff like that. But because they have like a functioning job, a job that pays them really well, and they have some sort of like rank maybe in this sort of like office or this particular business, and they're not on a park bench doing the like the the archetypal sort of like brown paper bag kind of thing. Yeah. They're seen as like respectable and sort of like, I don't know, almost feared. Yeah, they're like, feared and they're looked up to figures, uh, in, in their companies and in just in society in general. Yeah, yeah. But meanwhile, if you kind of take yourself out of it sometimes, that's, that's what I like to tend to do a lot, like kind of look at things from like a third person perspective. There is no real difference between the stuff that you're putting up your nose with your £100,000 a year job yeah, and the person that's injecting heroin into their arm yeah, and having to like ask for money when a man's going to the kebab shop or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there isn't that much of a difference you're you're both addicted to a substance one substance just has a better name than the other because one substance is related to party and fun times of being up and another substance is related to like being like in a sleep state and being like a downer so to speak yeah that's kind of like the overarching sort of like difference and then people like to tell you because of the positive and negative connotations People like to tell you that, like, Coke, for example, is not addictive. Well, I can stop it anytime. I don't need to take Coke. Yeah, I can do it. Yeah. But it is. Because Absolutely. A, you're addicted to the substance, but you're also addicted to the feeling that it gives you, that feeling of, like, power, that feeling of, like, numbness that it gives you. Then you're also, you also love the fact and addicted to the fact that people within your company or people within your social circle also want to put that stuff up their nose. When they see you do it, it gives them the impetus to want to do it as well. And it's something that you guys will bond over. Mm. So people are addicted to the attention and the friendships that come from it as well. It's very much the same as the person that is jobless, having to beg for money on his ass, like putting needles into his arm as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's why I've always kind of looked at like the workplace and these people that sort of like go on as if they're something special, but then every Friday night they're putting something up their nose. I've always seen that as, I've actually looked down upon, upon them more probably because they're not owning their position in life. They're also drug addicts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But you're not just, owning It just position. shows you, isn't it? Yeah. It just shows you like, yeah, there could be someone homeless and they're an addict. Um, and like society, we, we kind of quote unquote look down on them. Mm-hmm. But like I know tons of people uh, from workplaces that in a multitude of different positions. Mm-hmm that are strung out on drugs every day, bruv. Yeah. Every day they're strung out on drugs, Matt. <laughs> and I just look at them and I think, <laughs> fucking hell. But because, especially in people in higher power, mm-hmm. and, and the thing is, yeah, like I empathize with them because certain jobs in high power, in high ranking, it comes with a lot of stress in it. Pressure. So the pressure, the stress, deadlines, constant, constant pressure. Mm-hmm. So like, I get it. Like I get off oh, fair play. Like you probably had a, you know, you probably tried a few things and then you realize, oh, well, when I take Coke or whatever it might be, this fucking eases me out or this can make me perform um, 
at a better level. I can get through the day easier. Mm-hmm. So I understand it, but it's just interesting to see that these people just blend in to society um, and they're not really looked at in a certain way. Whereas like, you know, certain other people on the roads or whatever, you just kind of just kind of just brush them off as like, oh yeah, they're done out here. Um, and it goes with a lot of addictions, like even weed, for example, people are addicted to weed, brother. I, I feel like there's this thing, yeah, where people, I don't know what it is yet. I don't smoke weed, innit? Bro, you seen, bro, ACG Lee, you see me on weed, and that's why I don't smoke weed, innit? <laughs> Let me just say that, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I am finished, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, bro, so many people I know smoke weed, yeah? Mm-hmm. And they're addicts. They're addicted to weed. They can't go a day. They can't go to sleep. They can't wake up. They can't do anything without weed. Yeah. But they'll tell you that they're not addicts. What's that about? I don't get it. It's like, because they, I think they try and frame it like it's a, it's like a herb. It's like mm-hmm. natural. It's yeah. not a chemical drug. Mm-hmm. It's not Coke. Mm-hmm. So I'm not addicted. Rav, yeah. you're addicted to weed, you know? Bro, again, it comes down to what we talk about a lot on this podcast. It comes down to marketing. Yeah. Every, yeah. Every substance in this world has different marketing. So if you look at alcohol, when you see, like you said, bottle of Strongbow, when you see a can of, can of Strongbow, tenants, um, <laughs> fosters, when you see that sort of like cheap, watered down alcohol, you relate it to a man on a park bench. Yes. However, when you see, I don't know, champagne, you see Dom Perignon, you see um, Verve Clico, you see Bel Air. Yes. You relate that to being in a VIP section of a nightclub, mm. spending the hundreds up to thousands of pounds to be there. Again, it's still substance. It's still alcohol. There's not that much difference if we're talking technically. Technically. Actually, the only difference is the alcohol that they're drinking in the club has a lot more alcohol volume within it. That's true. So it's actually messing with your brain and chemically more. fucking you up more. And the person that's just sitting there going through his day-to-day life, just drinking tenants like it's water. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, again, we look down upon drunks and crackheads on a day-to-day basis. But the man picking up a 20-pound draw and sitting in his flat on a Friday evening or like on a Wednesday and a Thursday every single day, rolling it up and smoking it down, and talking about George Bush and conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> talking about fucking George Bush flew the plane into the towers, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Just sitting there blazing hash and fucking skunk, losing their minds and just talking about stuff that just doesn't make any coherent sense. Yeah. And getting into debates and sitting there until 2 a.m., not getting any sleep. And just building up their estrogen levels, losing all their testosterone. <laughs> losing all their... Bro, they're the most emotional people. Losing all their testosterone. Yeah? <laughs> Hormone and, imbalance. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolute, just like, become really soft, emotional people. Yeah. Just sitting there, smoking weed, smoking weed, because it smells nice. It's marketed by Wiz Khalifa and Snoop Dogg. And yeah. All of these, like, you know, amazing, talented, functional rappers. And the advice that I've given to people before who I've seen that have been addicted to things like this is you live in a normal world. 
you've got to wake up every day and try to go to job, go to your job or go to university and study and stuff like that. Yeah. You're not a millionaire. You're not Snoop Dogg who can smoke so much, live his life high all the time, like Monday to Friday, like 24-7, just living high. Yeah. Because he has a personal assistant. He probably has chefs. He has, if he's on tour and he needs to like, you know, do his job for the day, like I perform. Yeah. He'll have someone that can like wake him up. He'll have someone that'll knock on that hotel room door and wake him up. But you go into like your nine to five job or whatever, or going to university, you're responsible for your life. You've got to wake yourself up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. You can't live a life spending 20 here then 50 pounds at a weekend on, on this substance and think that it's all cool and think you're some sort of like rapper or some yeah. sort of superstar. Yeah. That's, that's the thing though, isn't it? It's like, it's, it's, it's spot on with the marketing thing. It's the way it's marketed and it's like in the music, it's in, it's in films, it's in everything, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And certain drugs and certain things are pushed and looked at as good mm-hmm. and certain ones are looked at as bad, but there's a market for, you know, either or the people are in a place where, you know, they're not going to give a fuck if it something looks bad. That that's for them. Mm-hmm. That's probably like more attracted to them because yeah. they're self destructive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They think my life's finished. Like, what's going to fuck me up? Mm-hmm. They'll go to them drugs there. But like, you'll see rappers like talking about lean and fucking mollies and fucking all sorts, bruv. Yeah, mm-hmm. we like constantly smoking weed. You, you, they're going like they're doing interviews they're doing podcasts they're smoking weed mm-hmm. people see that and they think yeah well yeah that's it is i suppose it's glamorized to a certain degree in it but people lap that up and people kind of whether they like to admit or not they want to they, they're inspired by these celebrities these rappers whoever it is mm-hmm. and they kind of want to emulate their lifestyle in it yeah um and that's what you, it's a reflection you see it in social media people want to show up flashy nice beautiful lifestyles mm-hmm. um fair enough but i think they are taking influence from people who do it because they have the means to do it and it's kind of their job to do it whereas when you're just living a regular life like bruv like you don't need to be doing all that shit and you certainly don't have no business smoking fucking weed every yeah. fucking day because like you said you don't have a personal chef you don't have someone organizing your days and your fucking meetings and all this shit and like doing a irregular job. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Where you can kind of take that time. You can wake up when you want. It's not, it's not the same. And that's what it, it leads people to bad cycles. Cause then they can't, they feel like they can't live without it. Bro. Cause it's like you, you're smoking all that weed or you're doing what, whatever addiction you get into, mm-hmm. it leaves you behind and it, and it causes anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then that leads to you wanting to smoke more weed or, take more drugs because you're thinking, fucking, I need to keep this up. Yeah. Yeah. I need to escape. It's like, it's not conducive to an active lifestyle. And like what it does is that makes you hella paranoid, hella anxious, as you, as you said. Yeah. And then you just like pile on with more and more of the, of the drug because you feel as if that's your happy place. That's your safe place. That theme of like, I guess smoking weed and feel like you're just going to fall into the sofa. Yeah. Just that feeling of comfort. All of these guys, all these people that smoke that smoke weed and stuff, they just want to be comforted. They want to be warm. The world is too cold for them. It's like, there's just like a, yeah. there's a really, <laughs> there's, a, there's a really like, 
I don't know. So like the weed is like a blanket, bro. Uh, yeah, huge comfort blanket. And it's scary. It's scary to see people people like that. And again, because it's marketed by even like pretty people, Rihanna smokes weed, Gina Aiko smokes weed. Yeah. Kalani smokes weed. And all these like It's looked people, at as cool, isn't it? It's cool. It's, it's like, cool. It's fine. You can smoke weed anywhere. On. You could be smoking weed at two o'clock in the afternoon and like no one bat an eyelid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, he's just smoking weed. Like it's fine, isn't it? But but then imagine, and I I obviously really look down upon like people that snort coke and stuff. But like imagine at two o'clock in the afternoon, you just pulled out. You're in the park and you just pulled out coke and you just like, yeah. like sniffing start, coke. Like start people like sniffing it. This guy is going crazy. Yeah, you like, you'd be looked at like what are you doing? Yeah, that's what I mean. That's the different. It's the way to it's it's all the same shit, mm-hmm. but it's the way it's marketed. Like you said, bruv. A big one for that is, which is I think is. The one of the biggest addictions in the world right now. It's a fucking pandemic. Is food addiction. Okay. okay. I think food addiction is a is a big killer. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are obese. Let's have it right. Yeah. A lot of people are morbidly obese. Okay. <laughs> and if you're not morbid, yeah, you're not gone all that way. Most of us are carrying a little extra. Yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. most of us, if I look around now, most of us are carrying a little bit extra, yeah? Yeah. Um, whether it's the belly, it's the chin, it's the face, the back fat, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's all down to, f- to food addiction. Um, yeah. And I think that, like we said, it's the marketing and it's the uh, the perception of things. Mm-hmm. Someone who's uh, sniffs c- like Coke, for example, yeah? Mm-hmm. In certain scenarios, like on a Friday night in a pub or in a bar, they might be looked at as like, oh, yeah, oh, what, you're getting on the gear, yeah? All right, mate, yeah, all right, let's go, all right? Yeah. But like in other scenarios at one o'clock in the afternoon, um, in the middle of the day, they start sniffing some, co- they, they, the same people might be like, whoa, that's a bit, that's a bit, man. What are you, what are you doing, mate? That's You've gone too far, mate. Do you know what it's I mean? crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. same people would say this would say that, bro. So, <laughs> um, but even in general, drugs, alcohol, um, sex, mm-hmm. those things are looked down upon, like in terms of addictions, they're looked down upon. But food, I think it's just like something that's just like it's just not even discussed. It's just like whatever. When you think of a food addict, do you think of like some fucking 600 pound? Um, whale, bruv, like a on big the, thing, like yeah, huge on them shows on Channel Five where they have to be cut out of their bed and stuff. Exactly, so, yeah. yeah. Crane lifted out of their beds into fucking skips and then put on the back of a fucking lorry to be transported <laughs> to a, a fucking hospital, bruv. Them things there, bruv. Food addicts could look like anything. Yeah, you could be mildly overweight. You could be even at like a relative shape. Mm-hmm. You could be in good shape. Mm-hmm. And still be a food addict. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I've discovered. I think, I, I mean, I was a food addict. And I still carry that addiction. It's not like just, it doesn't just vanish. Same. I still carry that, bruv. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. susceptible to it at times. Like there was a point in my life where I was just like eating all day, every day, whatever. Mm-hmm. Someone said, oh, do, do you want to share this? Or offered me food, I'll take it. Yeah. If someone was going to a certain takeaway and like picking up food at work or at home or my friends, yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, get me this, get me that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. 
ordering takeaways for myself, like just constantly eating. Mm-hmm. And I put on a bag of weight and it got to a certain point. Where I just looked in the mirror and I was just like, fuck, you know, what are you doing, mate? You got a bit sloppy, mate. You know what I mean? And then <laughs> it was only through that. That's one of the things that kind of helped me to like learn about addiction mm-hmm. was that kind of constant need to eat. It was like almost like an escape. Yeah. Because I think what it is, is whether it's food, drugs, sex, whatever it is, a lot of these things are escapes. Mm-hmm. And I think what we try and escape is basically stress. Yeah. In some sort of form, it could be stress. It could be anxiety. We're trying to escape whatever it is that we're not either happy with mm-hmm. or trying to avoid in our life. Mm-hmm. We're trying to fill a void with ha- like basically happiness. Yeah. And when you eat, if you eat nice food, particularly, you feel happy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we kind of constantly, and I've, I observed it with myself and like, now I can observe it with other people. I realized like, okay, how am I going to rectify this issue? And that's when I started the fasting. That's when I got into the fasting and I thought, all right, cool. It's got to be a restriction Mm -hmm. and restriction is looked at as a bad word. When you say restriction, you think bad, isn't it? Yeah. It's fine. Oh, it's a a bad word. Yeah. yeah. I think, I I think restriction is a good thing because sometimes when, because a lot, again, when you say the word balanced, Mm -hmm. that's looked at as a nice, friendly, nice. Oh, that's a good word. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think when your life is imbalanced and completely out of whack, and you're, let's say you're using food every time you get stressed, every time you, there's something problematic, or you m- might not even feel that stressed, but subconsciously you're just eating just to, just to feel good. Cause when yeah. you eat, you feel nice, right? Yeah. You're using that and there's an imbalance there. And I think sometimes when, you know, the scale tips one way, mm-hmm. you've got to bring it right back. And I think restriction is one of the best ways to bring you back to level-headedness mm-hmm. um and that's where i started fasting and i started doing like you know 16 hour fast 18 hour fast trying to get up to 24 back in a day just to kind of take that break the cycle and have some time without the certain thing that made me feel comfy and through that i learned a lot yeah that's that's brilliant. I, I for me, I'll I'll be honest. I would say that I'm definitely one of those people that I think you kind of mentioned where you said that a, a person could be a food addict, but also be in relatively decent shape. Yeah. Now I'm lucky because I don't know genetically or like the way I've always just been like a very skinny person. It just so happens that like now I'm older. Obviously, once you kind of like clock post thirty, it's very difficult to kind of like shift weight in certain areas unless you're willing to like work at it and actually put in the effort and stuff yeah so i won't say that i'm quote unquote skinny anymore but it's kind of like balanced itself out for mm-hmm. want of a better term in more of a sort of like athletic physique but with that being said if i don't discipline myself and sort of like commit to a fast or commit to a particular diet i.e like over this last sort of like winter period I can definitely fall into what can only be termed as food addiction. 
um, and more specifically, sugar addiction. Um, spawn, spawn. That that that's the key. The carbs and the sugar is where the root of that food addiction is. Yeah, it's all that that glycogen and that, that insulin and stuff. Because what you what I guess it is, and like we said about the marketing thing, sugary snacks and sugary products just look nicer. Yeah, that just is what it is, right? Like from a cake, from a Krispy Kreme donut, from do you know what I mean? They're marketed, they're colorful, they have like the flavors and the big writing, the vanilla, the, the cinnamon, the this, the that. Yeah. And it draws you in and you, you eat it. You feel satisfied for about 0.2 seconds. Yeah. And then it goes again. And then just like the person that smokes the weed, just like the person that like snorts the coke or drinks the alcohol, you need another hit because that exactly. feeling is gone. And now you're automatically for one hit for, Using a heroin term here, you're you're chasing the dragon. So <laughs> instantly, you're just like trying to get that next fix. You're getting that next fix, yeah. And then you start rooting for the biscuits. You start rooting for the the this, the that. Do you know what I mean? The desserts, the cakes, exactly. Um, and it's it's weird because, funnily enough, because you know I'm not morbidly obese. Luckily, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, if you you know if you ever saw me down the street, I can never be termed as like a fat person. No. That almost becomes your your apology in a sense, right? So you start to I can I can eat another one. I can finish just this whole pack of biscuits. Fuck it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. never gonna get fat. I'm not a fat person. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then you start eating this thing. You start having like this juice, and you start having like this coffee with sugar in it, and boom, boom, boom. And you tell yourself that like I'm one of the lucky ones. You know, like I can get away with it. Yeah. When you hear women speak sometimes, you're like, oh, you're so lucky. Like you can eat whatever you want. You never put a, you never put an ounce of weight on. All the time, yeah. All that kind of stuff. It's kind of like, like you tell yourself in your head that like, I'm never going to put on like much weight anyway, so I can eat what I like. Yeah. It's an excuse at the end of the day. Facts. Because at, at, the, at the core and the root of it, a man is a, if not a food addict, then a sugar addict for sure, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is why I don't look down upon the addicts that we mentioned earlier run to all different types of drugs because what we tend to not realize and i'm going to sound very kind of like pc here but i'm sure that sugar from a statistic point of view and fat and all these other foods like mcdonald's or whatever probably kills people more than heroin addiction or probably kills people more than i'm sure it does yeah crack addiction because if you think of like in the long term heart attacks diabetes um kidney failure cancer Way bigger killers. Way bigger killers in the long run. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it's something that I feel as if needs to be addressed. And I'm so glad that you spoke on food addiction. Um, yeah. Again, because you'll you'll get a lot of these kind of like podcasts or a lot of sort of like think pieces or like articles and stuff. And again, they only really touch addiction with the the obvious. But the, you know, another thing I, I can say I'm addicted to as well, and I don't want to move on from the food thing. I definitely think we can like we can go back there. One other thing that I feel as if I'm really addicted to, we speak about this kind of stuff a lot, is my phone. I'm yeah. very I'm very addicted to my phone as well. Um, yeah. I, I could say, and I'm not the only person, I feel as if everyone's probably addicted to their phone nowadays. And you really have to make a very disciplined and conscious effort to be like, on Sunday, I'm not going to look at my phone. Or throughout the week, I'm going to go on airplane mode or whatever and just like switch my phone off or whatever. 
but it's tough to do in today's society because you feel like you're missing out on news. You feel like you're missing out on like what's going on with your mates. Um, you feel almost guilty. You feel guilty at not yeah. being able to, yeah, yeah, not being contactable. You feel like you're putting someone else's life, you know, like not at risk, but you're putting someone else's life in a bit of a situation where, like, oh no, this person's like Kai's not here to like speak to me today, or Liam's not here to speak to me today. Yeah, you're sort of that hole in someone else's life. So you almost feel like a like a feeling of guilt as well. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like you, you like I feel like back, like if you go back years ago when we had like more simple phones, mm-hmm. you wouldn't feel that kind of guilt and like anxiousness of like not being contactable. Yeah. Cause you know that like really and truly if something was really important, like you, I don't know, you, they'd get in touch with you some way, yeah. somehow. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause most things aren't really that important. No. So like you just didn't carry that guilt, but now it's like you turn your phone off for a day you can still feel like, you know, like you don't know who's going to be contacting you and why and stuff like that. And you can kind of, it can play on your mind. Mate, a hundred percent. And like, even as I don't know, like back in the day, even we had like the simple mobile phones. Yeah. It used to be, let's say text messages. Now with these text messages, you couldn't see whether they've been read or not. Yeah. You didn't know even if they got delivered or not. Yeah. So there wasn't that pressure. There was no like photos of the person that you were delivering it to. Oh, as well. so, yeah. Like, there's not that pressure of like you two are having like a virtual interaction. Yeah. It's almost like the text message is there. You can get back to me in three days if you want to. That's the text message. Like people, people had to put TB on the end to be like, text me back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, text back. Yeah, you used to like have to like ask someone to text you back. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, exactly. Whereas now we are part of this instant generation where we can see someone's online, we can see the things have gone blue, we can see their photo. Do you know what I mean? So like it's a real it's it's them. Like we're actually speaking to my friend right now and we're in the yeah. same room as each other. And you need to speak to me right now. I'm asking you a question. How dare you ignore me? <laughs> Yeah, I can see you on other apps as well. I can see you interacting on other apps at the same time as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on Instagram. You're on this, yeah. you're on that. Like you just put out a tweet, but you're an airing <laughs> 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like people take this shit personally, man. Re- no, like, honestly. Yeah. But but at, at the same time, like I feel as if from my personal perspective, I don't hold someone accountable to their react um to their responses to me or whatever but one thing i am very much aware of is like fucking hell like liam you're looking at your phone again or yeah shit you're clicking that app again it's always like the same three or four apps you kind of just like rotate with it's like oh let me see what's going on in that app yeah let's see what's going on in this Mus- app. muscle memory as well you don't even have to think about it. it's like muscle memory bruv yeah you know the, you know where the position of the app yeah. is on your screen you know where to put the thumb like bang. <laughs> yeah like, Boom. You know what I mean? Like just turn it. Back. You even yeah. you even like adapt like your home screen to make it easier to like just tap. Oh, let me tap Instagram quickly. You know what I mean? So you don't thumb and have to move that much, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's all positioned where I need it to be positioned. <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? And it's like they're the they're the three things that you just check. You know what I'm saying? Like probably yeah. like Instagram for me, Instagram, Twitter, WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Yeah. Then you might you know what I mean struggle around a little bit. You might jump on like a YouTube or something like that. Yeah. But it's mad to think that like 
oh shit, here I am again. It's like I'm I'm on Instagram. I just I just saw this photo half an hour ago. I've just yeah. scrolled and scrolled and scrolled and just come back to the same point that I was in half an hour ago. It's worrying. Like because as you said, twenty or so years ago, none of this stuff would have even existed. Someone could be living yeah. their life in America or Australia or whatever, and you'll be none the wiser. They're living their life, you're living your your life, and you have no view to it. But now because we have so much access to things, we seem to care about what two hundred other people are doing in this world or like four hundred other people are doing in this world. Yeah. And think what that's doing to you. Yeah. yeah, you take on their you take on their like lifestyle, their, their, their world and their stresses and their, their world, things their, yeah. that's going on. Yeah. Opinions, everything. Yeah. And but meanwhile, we have the same brain as we yeah. had, you know, obviously we've grown, but like what we had 20 years ago or 10 years ago. So technology has advanced, but yeah. our brains have pretty much stayed the same, just grown older. Yeah. So essentially, it's not like we now are given this gift of like a more functioning brain that can take in all of this information and still allow us to collate our own thoughts. We're now yeah. taking on like burdens upon burdens of information along with our own thoughts with the same size fucking brain. And then we wonder why we overthink. We wonder why we overthink. We wonder why we've got anxiety. We wonder why we over <laughs> we overindulge on food and weed yeah. <laughs> and coke. <laughs> Yeah. and alcohol and blowjobs and, yeah 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 and that too and, and, we, and we wonder why like we're always like sad or we don't know what we want to do we wonder why we yeah. haven't got any direction yeah. because I'm thinking about what someone in Australia is doing yeah, exactly. and I care more about that than my own life because I've not got the time to like balance my thoughts Yeah. so I've just taken on that person's thoughts and then you wonder why also not to go too political but you wonder why then like people are all following the same pattern of like posting donate to this person in Ukraine, yeah. or donate to this person in Libya, yeah. or pray for Paris, or do you know what I mean? Because again, we slowly kind of merge into that kind of same person, basically. Yeah, from seeing the same shit. Yeah, and that's how you essentially become a social media addict. Yeah, um, it dictates your thoughts, your actions, your your being. Your, your logic goes out of the window because when you walk down the street and you know they're called charity muggers aren't they when like a chugger sort of like stops hmm. you on the street for, from with an oxfam jacket on them man on the vests and that yeah got an oxfam jacket on <laughs> the and, that, bibs and, they're, and that. They're, they're trying to chat to you yeah you a you pretend you're on a phone call you pretend you're in a conversation or you just like bot pass and say not today mate sorry yeah because in your mind you rationalize it you're like okay maybe if i had stopped Hey, he's going to chat to me for 15 minutes. Fuck's sake. They're going, to, they're going to take all of my personal data. They're going to take my email, my mobile number, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Then I'm going to have to probably donate, let's say, 15 pounds. The 15 pounds is probably not going to go to the, the kid in Africa that slides on his face. Or it's not at all. Like, yeah. yeah. It's probably going to like pay this person's wage for standing out here today. Yeah. And you rationalize it and you don't do it. But you see it on social media, you see influencer and cool person yeah. and footballer and rapper post, please donate to this child in the Ukraine. Just two pound a month will do it. Do you know what I mean? Just two pound a month will be life changing. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah. going to settle the war. It's going to settle the war. It's a, this is it. This is it. Putin, trust me, that two pounds, <laughs> that'll put Putin in his place. So that's what's going to happen. Yeah. You share it. And you're like, oh no, I'm, I'm getting behind this. This is yeah. what I want to do. But it's because of the addictive personality within our brains 
we're looking at this phone and it's like it's literally like putting that drug up your nose it literally is like taking yourself out of the real dimension into like a whole new sort of dimension absolutely 100%. just for a couple of taps on a thumb like yeah. if I'm tapping a couple of like buttons on a screen yeah I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think that uh, I think two of the biggest ones for just everyone and like those ones that go just unnoticed everyone just accepts it as just normal the food because no one's gonna pull you up about eating at two o'clock in the afternoon or whenever it is go into a restaurant no one's gonna pull you up and be like are you sure mm-hmm. do you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and the phone everyone's got their phone in their hand um constantly looking scrolling on you're on some sort of app you're on multiple apps at the same time Mm -hmm. and i think this is a big thing now is like the overstimulation yeah we talk about dopamine and basically like the happiness chemical that gets released anytime you do something that you enjoy Mm -hmm. it's like basically your body's way of saying oh you yeah this is this is nice do this again Mm -hmm. and like in simpler times there wasn't as much shit everywhere right if you think back to very simple years thousands and thousands of years ago there wasn't as much shit that would drive up dopamine like that right yeah yeah so naturally it's a good thing but we're living in an unnatural world Mm -hmm. where we've got our phones that are in front of our faces we're working in front of screens and it gets to a certain point where you can't do one thing at a time you can't sit still i've been like this Mm -hmm. you can't just watch netflix you've got to watch netflix also eat some food mm-hmm. and be on your phone at the same time maybe scrolling through instagram or twitter or messaging people yes you've got to do multiple things at the same time yes do you know what i'm saying 100 percent. we're working from home maybe we're working in front of screens maybe you're doing your work but you might have music on in the background or a podcast going at the back in the background you have to be doing two things at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You go to the gym or you go outside to walk to the shops. You have to have your music in. You have to have your headphones in. And like a lot of these things are good things, isn't it? Listening to podcasts, watching things on TV, um, watching YouTube videos, eating. Like, like a lot of it is good stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just the overstimulation can lead to us just being completely. We talked about like dopamine. Yes. You just get fried of it. You just get oversensitized in it. Mm-hmm. And it gets to a certain point where you have to be doing two or three things at the same time. All of a sudden, the simple things in life don't bring you no joy. 100%. And it builds and builds and builds. It goes from if I am watching Netflix and I have to have a snack, I have to eat something at the same time. Then it builds into into... I have to have music on or I have to have a podcast on or I have to have my phone in front of my hands scrolling at the same time. It builds and builds and builds. You always have to be doing more than one thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I know I do this all the time, even to this day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, All the time. And like, I've seen it gradually build up from back in the day. I remember I used to be able to just, I just do one thing at a time. Even if it was one of these things like playing my PlayStation as a kid, I play my PlayStation that's the only that's the only thing i'm doing that's the only focus i don't need music why why would i want music 
Why would I want someone on my phone? Why would I want anything else? This is all I need to do in it. One thing at a time. Mm-hmm. So I think this overstimulation kind of the problem, it, like in um, circumstances, these things are not inherently bad, but it's yeah. just the overstimulation and the combination of it all. Mm-hmm. Because what it means is that you're fried and then you can't even enjoy the simple things in life, like just stepping outside your house and just literally just going for a walk. Exactly. Um, sitting in your bed and either praying or meditating seems mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just this is long. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yep. You can't you can't be in your own presence without some sort of distraction. hundred percent. You need noise because yeah. when it gets quiet, you get anxious you start you don't know what to do with yourself you start overthinking it's just like mad i need i need some noise to like block out me with myself mm-hmm. um and i think that's something that a lot of us are going through mate 110% i think like what you were just saying there as well like last thing i'll kind of say on that part is a lot of people don't have conversations with themselves yeah a lot of people are scared to have conversations with themselves or scared of their own minds a lot of the time yeah. and scared of their own company um and that's where a lot of that anxiety is sort of like brewed from it is i think once you can kind of learn to like meditate potentially or like pray so i'm I'm quite into prayer i think prayer is mm. really really good and it's something that i've only adopted in like my recent years it's not something that i grew up with i'm not like a quote-unquote set religious person yeah but i think for once you can take two minutes five minutes ten minutes out of your day to center yourself give thanks rebalance yourself and life and whatever you're not just doing it for reward you're not doing it because you just want good luck please god let me get this job please higher power can i uh, win this football match today please higher power can i like can this date be successful (laughs) or whatever right yeah it's more like you're centering yourself and you're sort of like having a conversation in your head to a non-existent entity but at the same time it's like you're giving yourself that time and sometimes it could be two minutes sometimes it could be five minutes it doesn't have to be a whole day so to speak but i think people like you said are so preoccupied with doing like a thousand things at once yeah. and a lot of it let's have it right is bullshit like one yeah. of, one of yeah. the main the main things to do because i like watching tv as you say i like listening to podcasts music all these things that you just said which are like huge dopamine hits but one of the things that a lot of people like to do in this particular society, and it's built this way purposely, is to watch reality TV, which yeah. is quote unquote bullshit, mm-hmm. sorry to say. And then the reality TV has a hashtag, which then links it and relates it to social media. Ah, uh, yes. So whenever Love Island is on mm. or something like that, what you'll find is people are watching it through the lens of Twitter yeah. or through Instagram. People are not necessarily watching it just for like what the, the hours show or the 50 minute show is showing you. Yeah. People are watching it for the opinions of like 50,000 other people and what they thought of that particular scene. Yeah. What they thought of that person's interaction with that person. Do you know what I mean? So like, again, it's, it's like black mirror, so to speak. It's like you kind of are all, you're all in this cinema room together. The whole globe, the whole country is in this huge cinema room Yeah. and the screen and you're all having this conversation together like you're in the same room, but it's all virtual. Yeah. Um, and it's all a hashtag is what kind of like carries it. 
and then the next day there's another hashtag and it's all it's all marketing. safe as well it's all like rebounding off other other people because all it takes is just like a few hundred or thousand retweets or people to say one opinion and all of a sudden that kind of sway you might go into that conversation thinking oh i think this about this person mm-hmm. and then you see there's thousands of people saying the complete opposite mm-hmm. you might be like uh you know what i don't want this smoke not today you don't say anything and then yeah. it just like other people see that and then they start following the same thing bandwagon yeah. and then all of a sudden that becomes what you think is the main opinion when really it's even, it's not even mate 100 percent. I, I agree with that and i think like even for me, when I settle down sometimes to watch a show, I tend to not be able to focus on like, because I, sometimes I want to watch an actual proper series, let's say on Netflix yeah. or Amazon or whatever. And sometimes I find myself not being able to like give my full attention to a particular show because I like getting into it and like the dialogue and like yes. this person's character, that person's character. I'm into all of that. But I give up halfway through if I find myself texting on my phone or if I find myself scrolling like social media whilst the show is on. I'm yeah. like, I've missed this half an hour. I can't even say that I had it on in the background. Yeah, I need no. to, I'll come back to it tomorrow or whatever. So you need that kind of like self-awareness because it is difficult sometimes to completely switch off. Um, yeah. And like you said, growing up, I can watch a wrestling event. Yeah. No distractions. I'm doing this. That's this it. is me for two hours. I can watch a football match, 90 minutes. No distractions. I don't need the hashtag. I don't need the opinions of what other people, rival fans think. I'm here watching this football match. Yeah. As you said, PlayStation, Xbox, TV shows. These are all self-fulfilling activities that we were taking part in. Sometimes, like, I don't know if you, you know, even have like a, a bike, like a mountain bike, you could just like go out and just ride around your air. Go on the bike. Like, yeah. Go on the bike and just like enjoy it the world and the sounds and the elements from what it is and whatever the weather but now it's like even going out and doing something simple like that like going out on your bike and stuff you know do i have my like wireless earphones do i have exactly podcast i want to listen to um are my friends am i going to a destination i've got to go meet my friends where am i going yeah Yeah, yeah. i can't just ride around i can't just walk around (laughs) i need to have all these other preconceived distractions in my head yeah i mean before i can even step outside of the house yeah. Um, so it's unhealthy. And I think just on that as well, because I'm definitely not perfect. And I think I'm going through a stage at the moment where like I indulge in sugar addiction. I indulge in social media addiction and stuff like yeah, that man. for sure, for sure. Um, one thing for me is, and I, I'm kind of saying it on the podcast, so I'm almost held accountable by the listeners. Yeah. I do at some point in the coming months want to go through sort of like a dopamine like switch. Like I kind yeah. of want to like completely like drain myself of like, all forms of dopamine and really go into like a form of monk mode. And I mean, I use that speaking to a man who has done that before and, and does do that. And you can obviously help me with that as well, which is obviously of course. why I'm saying it. But yeah, I think it's key sometimes to like have that self-awareness and be like, no, I need to kind of unplug from this like matrix for that's, yes, that's exactly it for a little while. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. The unplugging the, um, I think, Again, I go back to restriction. I think restriction is important because we live in an unrestricted world. Back in the day when I was a kid and my mum used to say after school, like, oh, we're going to get McDonald's um, for dinner. Do you know how gassed I was? 
Mm-hmm. I was fucking, I was gat. Me and my brothers were like, yeah, what you can, whoa, whoa, whoa. happy meals. Yeah. Okay. Gassed. Yeah. <laughs> now as an adult, I mean, if I want to, I can eat McDonald's for breakfast, lunch and dinner every day. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, there's no restriction there. Yeah. I don't have to go to bed at a certain time. I'm not a kid anymore. Like I can go to bed and wake up, I you know, not necessarily within certain parameters, but you can go to bed when you want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, if you want to, you know, if there was like waiting for Christmas as a kid mm-hmm. was such a big thing for me. And I know a lot of my friends mm-hmm. now it's like, well, if there's something you want to buy, like you can maybe just probably just buy it. You don't have to wait for like the right time to buy it you you can just buy it and even if you're not in a position where you should buy it you'll be fine like do you know what i mean (laughs) you'll be all right yeah so and you can just you know you can eat whatever you deliver through all these apps Mm -hmm. fucking everything's like at the palm of your hand so Mm -hmm. like we said overstimulation you can pretty much have what you want you're living just kind of just lawless just freedom yeah um and that sounds great and when you're a kid if you were to say that you'd be like oh my god that's amazing yeah yeah but as an adult it's like you have to be able to discipline yourself and Mm -hmm. have those restrictive times and i think like i know myself right like i've been um in situations where i'm like completely oversensitized so busy just making myself busy for no reason constantly trying to fill my time Mm -hmm. non-stop always had headphones in no matter what i'm doing listening to podcasts listening to youtube videos listening to audio books listening to voice notes listening to music messaging people on instagram on youtube uploading just frying myself right yeah just frap and it was good it was all fun it was all things i enjoyed right playing football going gym just doing bare shit right Mm -hmm. but and these are all things i like to do right i don't Mm -hmm. i don't don't do stuff i don't want to do but oh fried fried yeah and sometimes i was like through the the fasting is what kick-started it for me and it made me want to investigate deeper like what are the other restrictions that i can learn from and the, f- the food was the main thing because when I realized like I could go 24 hours without food mm-hmm. and then I could go maybe 36 hours without food, 48 hours without food mm-hmm. growing up and my whole life eating all the time or whenever I wanted and thinking in my head, like I have to eat breakfast, lunch and dinner. Otherwise I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> when I realized I can go like 48 hours, a couple of days without eating. And I'm not mm-hmm. fucking morbidly obese. Do you know what I mean? No, not at all. So I can go a couple of days without eating. I realized like, fucking hell, like we really are food addicts because we act like we have to eat constantly throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And we, we don't, I'm not going to fucking die. I'm fine. Yeah. And I feel like I actually feel better after 24 hours, for example, of not eating. I couldn't believe it. And it started to open my mind up. Okay, cool. Let me try and go a week without using headphones. Let me try and go a week without turning on the Xbox Mm -hmm. or let me just allow Netflix for a bit. 
let me do you know what I mean and because when you take the time away from these like overstimulating things like Instagram and WhatsApp and stuff like that mm-hmm. all of a sudden instead of me needing to do three four things at the same time I could just go out and step out for a walk and I didn't need headphones I could go for two hours just walking around and actually take in the scenery and like actually clear my head and be at one with my thoughts because I was scared of them I was scared yeah I was shook I was anxious I was thinking fuck like I don't know what to do with these thoughts Mm -hmm. and when you actually deal with it and you actually think all right cool like you get a lot more present yeah and there's a lot more peace in the present I think um all the stress is in the future and -hmm. the past and the truth of the matter is we we live in a present I mean so I love it Mate, I couldn't find any other way to cap it off. The pieces in the present. Kai Gallagher, <laughs> 2022. <laughs> Bro, where can they find you for more of these uplifting quotes? You can't find me anywhere. <laughs> don't contact me, okay? With all due respect, don't contact me. You can't find me anywhere. Sorry. <laughs> I'm on a peaceful thing. Bye. <laughs> Take it back to when we used to have to tell people, TB. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know what? I'm trying to get over my addictions. Um, but in the meantime, you can still contact me. <laughs> I am at the broke baller underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but trust and believe, I think in the next couple of months or so, your boy is going to go on like a dopamine detox and you might not find me on these things for a little while. Get it while it's hot. Get it while it's hot. Yeah, hot off the press. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Of course, that doesn't mean that the um, call center podcast um, Instagram um, isn't going to be in use. That will always be maintained. Um, Please continue to interact. Um, A poll was put up earlier on. Yeah, Uh, We're going to continue to ask questions and try and be as interactive as possible. Um, Your feedback is very well appreciated. Absolutely. This has been episode 43. Peace. Peace. Feel like an addict, 25 bells, fill up the matic, a thousand eight, fill up the package, them man talk and I feel like rapping. Dora slamming, hope is tragic, worst case cabbage, or ain't happy. Criminal damage, they're hitting up walls and chatting. If it ain't a corpse, can't tally. Early, I do it with this hunting gladly, Batsy upset someone's family. Pantry, film, we got a Yola factory, 38, but 20 on a brandy. Go A jewelers and get all factory, go with a sawn off, but that's plan B. Got some fresh in a box, all fancy. And it's like, box rush. Step with an object. Hate risk and prosper. If he's a shooter, I'll put him on my roster. <laughs>